If you have your Bible, turn to John chapter 17. I have a couple of long passages that we're going to read before we get too far into the lesson. But first, I would just like to say that it is a privilege to be able to live in this country. I am very thankful that I am a citizen of the United States of America because I believe that we have some very special privileges as citizens of this country. We live in a society where we have people that will protect us when we get a call. We have a powerful military that protects our nation. We have laws that protect us against abuse in many different ways. I also believe that as a citizen of this country that there's responsibilities that we also must live up to. I also realize that we are blessed and I believe that this country is blessed for one reason. And it's not because we're so great and wonderful, but it was founded upon Christian principles. And that's what sets us apart from many other nations. And the farther we get away from God, the more trouble we seem to have. But I just want to say that it's a privilege to be a citizen of the United States of America. Paul used his citizenship to defend himself when he was called before kings and he appealed to Caesar. And we have the right to do that today. But I want us to realize that we have a citizenship somewhere else. And that's the greatest thing. That's even better than being an American. That's even better than being a citizen of this country. And that is the fact that we're citizens. If we are Christians, we are citizens of God's kingdom. What a wonderful blessing that is. John chapter 17, beginning in verse 6. Jesus is praying an intercessory prayer for his disciples. Beginning in verse 6, he says, I have manifested a name unto the men which thou gavest me out of the world. Thine they were, and thou gavest them to me. And they, were, they have kept thy word. Now they have known that all things whatsoever thou hast given me are of thee. For I have given unto them the words which thou gavest me. And they have received them and have known surely that I am come or that I come out from thee. And they have believed that thou didst send me. I pray for them. I pray not for the world, but for them which thou hast given me. For they are thine. And all mine are thine, and thine are mine. And I am glorified in them. And now I am no more in the world, but these are in the world, and I come to thee. Holy Father, keep through thy own name those whom Thou hast given Me, that they may be one as we are. And while I was with them in the world, I kept them in Thy name. Those that Thou gavest Me I have kept, and none of them is lost, but the son of perdition, that the Scripture might be fulfilled. And now come I to Thee, and these things I speak in the world, that they might have My joy fulfilled in themselves. I have given them thy words, and the world hath hated them, because they are not of the world, even as I am not of the world. 
I pray not that thou shouldest take them out of the world, but that thou shouldest keep them from the evil. They are not of the world, even as I am not of the world. Sanctify them through thy truth. Thy word is truth. As thou hast sent me into the heavens, even so have I also sent them into the world. And for their sake I sanctify myself, that they also might be sanctified through the truth. Neither pray I for these alone, but for them also which shall believe on me through their word, that they all may be one as thou, Father, art in me, and I in thee, that they also may be one in us, that the world may believe that thou hast sent me. And the glory which thou gavest me I have given them, that they may be one, even as we are one, I in them, and thou in me, that they may be made perfect in one, that the world may know that thou hast sent me, and hast loved them as thou hast loved me. Father, I will that they also, whom thou hast given me, be with me where I am, that they may behold my glory, which thou hast given me, for thou lovest me before the foundations of the world. O righteous Father, the world hath not known thee, but I have known thee, and these have known that thou hast sent me. And I have declared unto them thy name, and will declare it, that the love wherewith thou hast loved me may be in them, and I in them. We know from previous chapters in John that Jesus was about to be betrayed and about to die on a cross. He's leaving the words uh, in John 14 through 16 of encouragement to his disciples, to his followers. He's told them that he's going to send the Holy Spirit to encourage them and to comfort them because Jesus feels a burden for his followers and their welfare in this hostile world. And yes, we may live in a great country, but sometimes the world is hostile to those who are true to God. And we need to understand that our citizenship is in heaven. And Jesus cares about you and me, and He wants us to be one as He is with the Father. And the purpose of that is so that the world may know that Christ has sent us out into the world. And so it's important that we be united and that we work together and that we strive together to be what God wants us to be because even as citizens of heaven, there are responsibilities that you and I have. Now, if you would, turn with me over to Philippians chapter 3. Philippians chapter 3, beginning in verse 18. It says, And many walk of whom I have told you often and now tell you even weeping that they are the enemies of the cross of Christ, whose end is destruction, whose God is their belly, and whose glory is in their shame, whose mind earth, who mind earthly things. For our conversation is in heaven, from whence also we look for the Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ, who shall change our vile bodies, that it may be fashioned like unto His glorious body, according to the workings whereby He is able even to subdue all things unto Himself. Therefore, my brethren, chapter 4, dearly beloved, and long for my joy and crown, so stand fast in the Lord, my dearly beloved. Here the Apostle Paul is giving words of encouragement to those that are members of the body of Christ. And I think that there's many times that there's problems in our own lives and it may be possible that it's a problem with, our, with you or me that we have a divided loyalty. 
that we sometimes realize that we're part of this world, but we set our affections in the wrong place. And our affections should be set on the things above. And we should be more concerned with our citizenship that's in heaven than we are with our citizenship that is here on this earth, as precious as that may be. Heaven, that citizenship, is even more precious. One more verse of Scripture that I want us to look at, and that's Ephesians chapter 2 and verse 19. In Ephesians chapter 2 and verse 19, it says, Now therefore ye are no more strangers and foreigners, but fellow citizens with the saints and of the household of God. Think about what that verse is telling us, that as a true believer, we are citizens of God's kingdom. We need to have our minds set on things above, not on the things of this earth. Our citizenship is not this world. We're just passing through this world. You know, we sing a song, this world is not my home, I'm just a passing through. Don asked me if I had a song that I was going to talk about tonight, and I told my wife on the way home that because she asked what song we were going to do tonight. I said, well, people get tired of me doing the same thing all the time, so I'm going to stop that for a while, and we're going to look at a few other things. But that song that we sing, this world is not my home, has a very special meaning. And we need to understand that this world is not our home that we need to have our affections set on things above. Yes, we get concerned about the things that take place in our world. We take, get concerned about elections and politics and all of those kind of things. But yet, really, our main concern would be the kingdom of God and our responsibility to take the gospel out into the world and our responsibility to let our light shine in this world and to be what God wants us to be so that others may be interested and the life that we live may draw people to Christ as opposed to repelling them away. In Hebrews chapter 11 and verse not 8 and 10, verse 8 through 10, it says by faith Abraham when he was called to go out into the place which he should after receive for an inheritance obeyed and he went out not knowing whether he went. By faith he sojourned in the land of promise as in a strange country dwelling in tabernacles with Isaac and Jacob and heirs with him to the same promise. For he looked for a city which hath foundations, whose builder and maker is God. Abraham was called to leave his home. And he was told to go. And he left and he went. And we see that he dwelt in tents, tabernacles. And Jacob and Isaac did the same thing. But he was looking for a better place. A better home. And that really should be our desire. That even though we're here on this earth, we can't settle for this earth. We need to be prepared to move on. We need to be prepared for heaven. You know, one of the things about this pandemic that kind of concerns me is that we all seem so afraid of it that we're afraid that it's going to take our lives. Wouldn't it be better if we left this world if we went to heaven? Are we prepared to go to heaven? Is that our desire? Is that our goal? Well, we say, yeah, we're, we, we want to go there, but not today. Paul realized that he wanted to go there. He had a desire to go there. Our goal should be to do our Father's will. And if He wants us to stay, we stay. But if He calls us home, we should be prepared to go. This world is not our home. We are just passing through. Jesus warns in Matthew chapter 13 and verse 22, 
He also that received a seed among, among the thorns is he that heareth the word and the cares of this world and the deceitfulness of riches choke the word and he come, becometh unfruitful. <clears throat> How many times have people obeyed the Gospel and had a desire to do what was right, but then they allowed the cares of this world to get caught up. They got get caught up in those things and they turn away from Christ. Maybe it's the material things, the physical blessings that we have that has caused them that we want more and more and more and therefore they've abandoned God. Or maybe there's been some difficulty in their life that's caused them some problems and they turn away from God. The devil is behind all of those things. And we can see in 2 Timothy chapter 4, verse 10, that Demas had forsaken Paul. Why? Because he had loved this present world. Yes, there's a lot of things in this world. There's a lot of things in our country that are wonderful things. But as Jesus said, if we gain the whole world and lose our own soul, what have we profited? Think about all the things that you have. They're not worth your soul. Second Timothy 4, verse 10, it tells us what happened to Demas. He was choked out by the cares of this world. Many people that are Christians that put their souls in jeopardy because of the cares of this world <clears throat> which hinder many from serving our God. In Second Timothy chapter four, first Second Corinthians chapter four and verse four, it says, In whom the God of this world hath blinded the minds of them which believe not, lest the light of the glorious gospel of Christ, who is in the image of God, should shine unto them. Paul here speaks of the gods of this world, which is Satan. And he blinds the eyes of those who do not believe the Gospel. What does he blind their eyes with? Many different things, philosophies that people have, false teachings that people have, the material things that people want to have. He uses all of those things to blind our eyes. The Bible tells us that the fool has said there is no God, but yet there's people that are out there every day saying that there is no God and making fun of us that believe that there is a God. All of that is because of Satan. In 1 John chapter 2, verses 15-17, through 17, John says, Love not the world, neither the things that are in the world. <clears throat> if any man love the world, the love of the Father is not in him. For all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh, and the lust of the eye, and the pride of life is not of the Father, but is of the world. And the world passeth away, and the lust thereof. But he that doeth the will of God abideth forever. Think about that. All the things that we are blessed with in this country, all the things that we have in this country, are going to pass away. You see where that citizenship in heaven is important? Because what does it say? Those that doeth the will of God abideth forever. John says that this world and all of its belongings are going to be destroyed. Those who do the will of God will live forever. In 1 Corinthians chapter 7 and verse 29 through 31, it says, But this I say, brethren, the time is short. It remaineth that both they that have wives be as those that have had none, and they that weep as though they weep not, and they that rejoice <clears throat> as though they rejoice not, and they that buy as though they possess not, and they that use this world as not abusing it, for the fashion of this world passeth away. Again, what's John telling us? Or 
Paul telling us? He's telling us all these things in this life are temporary. Even a relationship as a husband and wife is something that's not going to exist in heaven. The things that we have, the possessions that are so important to us, they're not going with us. The Bible teaches us that we need to lay up treasures in heaven. And Paul points out this truth the same as John had pointed out, that this present system that we have, as wonderful as it may be, is passing away. And we need to adjust our minds to that simple fact and realize that all these things are temporary, that life is short. And I think that all of us realize that. The older we get, the more we realize that life is short because it just seems like yesterday we did some of the things that we did when we were younger. But life, the Bible tells us, is like a vapor. It's here for a little while and then vanisheth away. I think we get a new realization of that vapor nowadays. You don't have to look at the exhaust. All you got to do is wear one of those masks and have glasses. And you find out very quickly that it fogs up pretty quick and kind of goes away, but when your next breath out, fogs up again. But all those little things are there to remind us that this life is short and that it is temporary. You see, we confess to being pilgrims, but we live in a land that's not really our permanent home. We are just passing through. Don't settle here. We're here temporarily. We have a far better place that Jesus says He's gone to prepare for us. In Hebrews 11 and verse 13 and 14, it says, These all died in faith, not having received a promise, but having seen them afar off, and were persuaded of them, and embraced them, and confessed that they were strangers and pilgrims on the earth. For they, for they that say such things declare plainly, that they seek a country. Abraham didn't realize the promise. He didn't see the promise or experience the promise. But he knew that God would keep that promise. Isaac didn't experience the promise. But he knew that God would keep that promise. Jacob didn't experience the promise. But he knew that God would keep the promise. We experience the promise. Jesus came to this earth and He died and you and I are Christians as a result of being obedient to God's will. Being obedient to what our Lord tells us that we must do in order to be saved and to be citizens of His kingdom. And I think that when we look at all the things that He reminds us of, that life is short and that we're just passing through this world, those are motivations. Those are reasons for us to live a faithful, righteous life. In 2 Corinthians chapter 7, and verse 1, "...having therefore these promises, dearly beloved, let us cleanse ourselves from all filthiness of the flesh and spirit, perfecting holiness in the fear of God." When we read God's Word, we can see that God expects us to change. That's, one of the, that's the theme of our lessons that I've been sending out, which will start back up this week. We, talk is cheap. We need to understand that God wants us to change our lives, that when we become a Christian, there's changes that are supposed to take place. And He's given us all these incentives. He's given us the promise of a home in heaven. We can have the peace that passeth all understanding. We can call God our Father. And we have so many spiritual blessings that are available to us in Christ 
And those all should be motivation, motivational factors that help us to change from that worldly, carnal life that we lived in the past. In 2 Peter chapter 3, verses 11-18, through 18, Peter tells us, "...seeing then that all these things shall be dissolved, what manner of persons ought you to be in all holy conversation and godliness, <clears throat> looking for and hastening unto the coming of the day of God, wherein the heavens being on fire shall be dissolved, and the elements shall melt with fervent heat? Nevertheless, we according to His promise look for a new heavens and a new earth, wherein dwelleth righteousness." Wherefore, beloved, seeing that ye look for such things, be diligent that ye may be found in Him in peace, without spot and blameless. And account that the long-suffering our Lord is salvation, even as our beloved brother Paul, also according to the wisdom given unto him, hath written unto you. As also in all his epistles, speaking of them of those these things, in which are some things hard to be understood, which they that are unlearned and unstable rest, as they do also the other Scriptures unto their own destruction. Ye therefore, beloved, seeing ye know these things therefore before, beware lest ye also, being led away by the error of the wicked, fall from your own steadfastness, but grow in the grace and in the knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. To Him be glory both now and forever. Amen. Peter realized that this world was going to be dissolved. The earth and the works that are therein would be burned up. And we look for a new place. Why? Because we know those things that are here are not going to last. The things that are left when we die, someone else is going to use. We need to understand that the things that we have are really just on loan to us. And someone else will have them when we're gone. But how many of us realize that? And Peter tells us that because we know that this is going to happen, we need to grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Why? Because the more we grow, the closer we get to God, and the more that we understand what He would have us to be. In 1 John chapter 3, verses 1-3, through it says, Behold, what manner of love the Father hath bestowed upon us, that we should be called the sons of God. Therefore the world knoweth us not, because it knew Him not. Beloved, now are we the sons of God, and it doth not yet appear what we shall be. But we know that when we shall appear, we shall be like Him, for we shall see Him as He is. And every man that hath this hope in Him purifieth himself, even as He is pure. What's John saying? We have that hope of eternal life. We have that hope of heaven. And because of that hope, it should motivate us to live a pure and holy life. God wants us to change. And brethren, since these things are true, we should draw certain implications for our lives here on this earth. One of the things that we need to understand is that we should not expect our reward or our acclaim here. We may not get a pat on the back. We may not get a attaboy. We may not get all of the things that we think that we deserve. When we hear our Lord say, well done, thou good and faithful servant, that should be enough for all of us. 
kind of reminded of the missionary back in the days when people would sail in, on ships and he was coming home from a long missionary trip that he had been on with his wife. And as the ship was coming into port, it was coming up to the dock and, and there was number, a number of people on the dock waiting for people to get off of the ship. And they had signs to welcome people home and different groups home. And there was no one there to greet the missionary. And his wife said something to him about it. It doesn't it bother you that no one is here to welcome us? Nobody from church? And this is what his reply was. We're not home yet. And that's really what happens to us sometimes. We get caught up here. And this isn't home. Heaven is where our home will be. And we'll be welcomed there. So we need to adjust our sense of values in keeping with what is passing and what is eternal. Understand the things that are most valuable. It's not your possessions. It's those things that are eternal. Watch your stewardship of possessions. Be aware that they're not permanent. As I said, they are on loan for another person's use. We live in a house. You live in a house. But when you're dead and gone, that house may still be there. But someone else will probably be living in it. <clears throat> and that can be said about a lot of things that we have. Jesus tells us what we need to do in Matthew chapter 6, verses 19 through 21. Lay not up for yourselves treasures upon earth where moth and rust doth corrupt and where thieves break through and steal. But lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven where neither moth nor rust doth corrupt and where thieves do not break through nor steal. For where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. Don't get caught up in all the stuff. It's okay to have it. As I say, it's, all, it's okay to have possessions, but don't let those possessions possess you. That's where it becomes a problem. Don't let those possessions become your God. Don't let them own you. Realize our citizenship is in heaven. Live for others and not for yourself. And last, choose God instead of all the other false gods that can come into our lives. Jesus said in Matthew chapter 6 and verse 24, No man can serve two masters, for either he will hate the one and love the other, or else he will hold the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and mammon. Sometimes we're miserable in this life because we're trying to serve God and the world. We kind of have one foot in the world and kind of have a little tendency to have one foot in spiritual things. It makes us miserable. Be dedicated to Christ. Be dedicated to that kingdom. Yes, it's wonderful to be a citizen of our country. But it's even greater. It's even better to be a citizen of heaven. The question is, are you a citizen of heaven? If you're not a Christian, then you're not a citizen of heaven. And you can change that. You don't have to leave here tonight in jeopardy, you can leave tonight a child of God, a citizen in the house of God. You do that by being obedient to the Gospel. The Gospel is the fact that Jesus died for our sins and was buried 
and rose victorious on the third day. That's the simple message that we tell people. Because that's the gospel that we are to go out in the world and preach. We take that gospel out there and it's an important message. And when people understand it, they realize what they need to do. That there's something that they need to change in their life. And many times they'll ask, well, what do I need to do? And we see that question asked in the Bible, what must I do to be saved? Or men and brethren, what shall we do? The answer is always the same. There may be different steps that are mentioned, but when you put them all together, it's always the same message. You have to hear the Word. You have to believe it. You have to repent of your sins. Turn away from those things and stop doing it. Put your trust and faith in God. Confess the name of Christ before men and be buried with our Lord in baptism to have our sins washed away. That's what the Bible tells us that we need to do. And then the Lord adds us to the church, which is that kingdom. It makes us citizens of that heavenly abode that you and I long to go to. But He expects us to live a faithful life while we're here. And if we haven't been doing that, then maybe there's changes that you need to make in your life. Maybe those things are done in a way that others know about it and you want to make sure that you take care of it the right way. We talked about that in our last lesson that I spoke on Sunday evening. You can do that tonight. We're here to help you, to serve you in any way. If you'd like to be baptized into Christ, we would be so thrilled to do that for you. If you need to respond to the invitation tonight, come and have a seat up here on the front row. Always stay in the same. <coughs>